0: Welcome to Star Wars in 10. Now hit the intro. Fuck, well, you have.
1: You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just get back and be ready to flow. Say your mind of what you know, and we'll let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what our Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us
0: what's going on far far away family how's everyone doing today i hope everything is going great on your side of the galaxy something new has popped up out here on the outer rim there was an article released by popular science that the hobble telescope captured a real life star wars no not that they found life or anything like that but a three-part galaxy a galaxy that has an inner middle and outer rim just like the one described in star wars i know that technically that has nothing to do with star wars but i thought it was really cool and maybe you would too I know that I'm just a big nerd. I can't help it. But things like that interest me, so I thought that it would interest you. Okay, okay, enough with all that. Let's get back to the story. Because when we left off yesterday, Lucia and Sarah had just arrived at the Jedi Temple. So, let's see what's happening with them now.
1: Lucia was amazed at how calm and composed the princess appeared as they prepared to leave the shuttle. She had always carried herself with a quiet but firm resolve. It gave her an air of confidence and authority that drew others to her. When she spoke, people gave her words careful consideration, even people like the King of Doan. But this was different. They were about to meet a Jedi Master, and Sarah intended to lie right to his face. Lucia had no intention of letting her friend get into trouble, however. At the first sign the Jedi knew Sarah was being dishonest, she intended to confess everything, no matter the consequences. Steadied by her decision, she was able to maintain her own exterior of composure as they disembarked. Outside the shuttle, they found an escort of three Jedi waiting for them. Two were human, a man and a woman. The third was a female Twi'lek. Each wore plain brown robes with the hood thrown back to reveal their features. Their simple garb a sharp contrast with Sarah and Lucia's more formal outfits. The princess was wearing a long flowing sleeveless dress of blue silk. A finely woven gold stole covered her shoulders and upper arms. Her long black hair hung loose from beneath the elaborate golden tiara she wore, and around her neck was an elegant gold chain and a sapphire pendant signifying her station within the Don Royal family. Lucia was also dressed in blue and gold, the royal colors, but she wore the dress uniform of the Don military. Dark blue pants with a gold stripe running up the leg and a tight light blue shirt ...covered by a short blue jacket with gold trim buttoned up to the collar. Like the three Jedi, however, her head was bare. The Twi'lek stepped forward with a bow. Greetings, your highness. My name is Maya. My companions are Pendo and Winua. Sarah returned the bow with a tilt of her head. This is Lucia, my companion. She returned. Maya's eyes flipped down to the blaster prominently displayed on Lucia's hip. But all she said was, Please follow us. Master Oba is waiting to speak with you. From the briefings she had reviewed during the trip to Coruscant, Lucia knew that Oba was a member of the Council of First Knowledge. As keepers of ancient Jedi lore, they often provided advice and guidance to the Jedi High Council. He had also been the Master of Med Tandar, the Jedi who had died on Dune. The three robed figures led them from the landing pad through a well-tended garden, dotted by a number of memorials and statues. A small crowd of children rushed past them at one point, laughing. Younglings from the trainee dorms, Maya explained. During afternoons, they are given time away from their studies to play in the gardens. Sarah didn't reply, but Lucia could see the flicker of sorrow in her eyes. She knew the young couple had been trying to start a family in the weeks before Garen's death. And seeing the children, no doubt brought back painful memories. They continued on in silence, the Jedi leading them to the foot of the Northwest Tower and then inside. They climbed up several flights of winding stairs. Toward the end, Lucia noticed that the princess had become short of breath, though neither she nor the Jedi had the same problem. And then, somewhere roughly a quarter of the way up the tower, they stopped outside a large door. Maya knocked, and the deep voice from inside called out, Come in. The Twi'lek opened the door, then stepped to the side with another bow. Sarah entered the room, Lucia following a single step behind. Their escort stayed outside, closing the door. At first glance, the interior of the room might have been mistaken for a greenhouse. A single large window on the far wall allowed sunlight to stream through, making it exceedingly bright and overly warm. Potted plants of at least a dozen different species lined the walls. Another half a dozen grew from boxes along the windowsill, while still more hung from planters affixed to the ceiling. There were no chairs, no table, and no desk. It was only when she noticed a small, straw-woven sleeping mat rolled up in the corner that Lucia realized this was the Jedi Master's personal chambers. Welcome, Your Highness. You honor us with your visit. Master Oba, an Ithorian, was standing with his back to them looking out the window. In the elongated fingers of one hand, he held a watering can. Setting it down on the floor, he turned to face them. Like all Ithorians, he was taller than the average human, easily over two meters in height. His rough brown skin looked almost like bark, and his long neck curved down and forward before looping up again, making it seem as if he was leaning toward them. Looking at the eyes, bulging out from either side of the top of his tall, flat head, made it easy to see why the nickname Hammerhead was often applied to the species. This is my advisor, Lucia, Sarah told him, sticking with their planned cover story. Thank you for agreeing to meet with us, Master Oba. It was the least I could do, given your circumstances. The Ithorian explained, his voice deep and resonant. My condolences on your husband. His death was a terrible tragedy. Lucia was no expert in the subtleties of politics, and she couldn't tell if Oba was simply a compassionate soul expressing real sympathy, or an expert negotiator trying to put the princess emotionally off balance by mentioning Garen. My tragedy is mirrored by your own, Sarah replied in the formal tone of a practiced diplomat. Whatever the Jedi's intentions, his words had no visible effect on her demeanor. Allow me to apologize on behalf of the royal family for the unfortunate passing of Med Tandar. The Ithorian's head dipped in acknowledgement. I grieve for his death, and it is of critical importance that we learn the identity of the person or persons responsible. Lucia felt her heart skip a beat, though she gave no outward sign of her anxiety. I understand, Sarah assured him. The authorities on my world are doing everything in their power to bring those responsible to justice. I want to believe you, but you can understand if I have my reservations. Med was killed during an attack on your enemies. There are some who believe your father-in-law
0: was behind the attack. Okay, this part starts off with Lucia being surprised. She didn't know how Sarah could be so calm. They were about to talk to a Jedi, and Sarah was acting like it wasn't that big of a deal. Did Sarah not know of the Jedi's powers? Has she never heard of the things that they could do? But as soon as they exited their ship, they were met by three Jedi, two humans and a Twi'lek. They were all dressed in traditional Jedi roles. They were taking Sarah and Lucia to meet with Tandar's master. That's who they had to convince that this was not some conspiracy brought about by the King of Dawn. A task that I think is going to be harder than Sarah realizes. But after they stroll through the temple grounds to the other side of the Jedi Temple, then up several flights of stairs, they arrive at the Jedi Master's quarters. Which I find very disturbing. Who has a meeting in their personal quarters? That is very unprofessional. The Jedi Temple doesn't have a conference room? And why is she only meeting with one Jedi Master? That just seems odd to me. This whole little meeting seems to be wrong. But after a short introduction and some condolences on both sides, the Jedi Master telling Sarah that he was sorry for her loss, and Sarah giving the same for Med Tandar, they get down to business. Sarah tells the Jedi that the authorities on her planet are doing everything that they can to solve the case. The Jedi Master says he wants to believe her, but there are those that think that the King used Med to find his enemies. Personally, if I didn't know that Lachia was the one that hired the assassin, I would feel the same way. That's definitely how it looks. But I also think that when Master Oba says that there are those who think, he was talking about himself. Maybe he is allowing his motions to cloud his judgment, because May was his Padawa. But at this point, it doesn't seem like either of them is swaying the conversation. And you will have to tune into tomorrow's episode to find out what happens next. We hope to see you there. <laughs>